Let us be attentive. Save your people and bless your inheritance. To you, O Lord, have I cried, O my God. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's second letter to Timothy. Let us be attentive. Arise, let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Let us be attentive. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who shall prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And there went out to him all the country of Judea and all the people of Jerusalem. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair and had a leather girdle around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached saying, after me comes he who is mightier than I, the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Peace be to you.
blessed new year to you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Toward the end of his life, the French Enlightenment philosopher Voltaire said, I am departing this life, I am departing this world as evil and corrupt as I found it when I arrived. Now, we may be tempted to say the same thing about this past year. And we may be wondering, well, is humankind going to keep doing the same things year after year and expect different results? That's unlikely. So we must, it behooves us as Christians to think about what our alternative to this madness, this corruption, this death spiral, war, disease, and political malfeasance. What's our alternative? I'm going to suggest two this morning. First of all, I'm going to borrow both of them. So, just to say, don't blame me. The first comes from St. Basil the Great. After all, tomorrow is his name day. So we can look to St. Basil the Great. What does he offer for us? Well, before I tell you, I want to remind you, those of you who have not brushed up lately on your Byzantine history, that things won't, weren't so hot in the empire either. First of all, Byzantium was beset on all sides, and I mean all sides, by enemies. From the, middle, from the east came Saracens, came Arabs, came finally Ottoman Turks. From the north came various tribes from Thrace and ultimately the Rus, the Russian Empire. From the west came the Crusaders. Byzantium was surrounded by enemies. And eternally, things weren't so great either. First of all, during the reign of Justinian, the city of Constantinople experienced one of the worst outbreaks of plague known to history. Makes COVID look like a common cold. And then there was the corruption within the palace. 
the toing and froing of all the, those who aspire to the great seat of the emperor of Constantinople. And there were murders, and there were uprisings, and there were rebellions, and there were plots, and there were poisonings. I could go on all day. So don't think the saints we venerate are saintly because they grew up in a saintly environment because it was quite the opposite. And what did Basil, the great counsel? Well, I'll read from the liturgy of St. Basil, which we will be celebrating tomorrow. This is what St. Basil says. Remember, Lord, this country and all those in public service whom you have allowed to govern on earth. Grant them profound and lasting peace. Speak to their hearts good things concerning your church and all your people that through the faithful conduct of their duties we may live peaceful and serene lives in all piety and holiness. The piety and the holiness is up to us, but the peaceful and serene lives are the responsibility of the entire world and all its people in it. That would be the Christian conception of the world around us, something we might earnestly pray for in the year ahead. Because it's desperately needed. Now, there's another way I think we can look at the Christian concept of how to deal, the Christian alternative of how to deal with the world around us. St. Basil helps us to deal with the civil strife of the world out there. But what about the civil strife within us? The constant battle within us. The struggle with the passions within us. How do we deal with that? Now, this in a way is more important than the way St. Basil offers us to deal with the world. Because it's become a tendency, it seems, among Christians to blame the other, to say, well, they're wrong, so therefore we must be right. That's not logical. We have to deal with our own weaknesses, our own sinful nature, our own battle. I don't know how many of you remember that old cartoon script, um, strip from my boyhood, Pogo. 
And Pogo was this talking possum, and he was the source of the wisdom for all the other critters in his animal kingdom. And Pogo said one day, we have met the enemy and they are us. Ah, for the wisdom of comic scripts. So how do we deal with the enemy inside? Well, that's a challenge. We have the tools. But I think we can begin by looking at the mood that the Lord sets in his Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those, he says, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those, blank, blank, blank. Well, who are those who are blessed? Those who mourn? Those who seek to make peace? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Do we see Christians in our world seeking to display that perspective toward the situation around us? Do we see Christians who mourn for the world? If we see behaviors that we think are not Christian, do we mourn for the people living in those conditions? Do we seek peace? Do we long for a society that is in harmony or do we want to take sides in a culture war? Do we hunger? Do we thirst? Do we really want communion with God? Do we really want the inbreaking of the kingdom of God or do we think it's going to be ushered in by some leader on a white horse? A lot of Jews under the Roman Empire thought just that. That was their idea of a Messiah. The king on the white horse riding in and slaying all those enemies. Jesus counseled otherwise. And he reminds us the kingdom of God is within us. Now finally, since it's New Year's Eve, I can't let you go without some resolutions. Now again, I borrowed these. These are from Father Thomas Hopko, who put together a series of 55 maxims. I'm not gonna read them all. But I did pack out some that I think are 
appropriate for the year ahead and in harmony with the mood of the Lord in the Beatitudes, the mood that is vulnerable, open, hopeful, longing for the best, even why, while we expect the worst. Here are some of them. Be faithful in little things. Be simple, hidden, quiet, and small. Never bring attention to yourself. Listen when people talk to you. Be awake, attentive, fully present where you are. Flee imagination, fantasy, analysis, figuring things out. That sounds like flee YouTube. Don't complain, grumble, murmur, or whine. Don't seek or expect pity or praise. Don't compare yourself with anyone. Rather, in conclusion, be defined and bound not by people, but by God. Some resolutions to contemplate as we contemplate the Christian alternative to the course of the world around us, both externally and within our hearts. And may the Prince of Peace and the Savior of our souls, Christ our true God, be with us in the journey into 2024. Amen. Please rise.